Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Neil Humphreys, where are we going today in Singapore on our Beautiful Places tour? On our Beautiful Places tour, we're going somewhere mythical, somewhere dreamlike, somewhere that to other parts of the world is scarcely believable. Jurong West? What? Yes, you should. You should. <laughs> you should we're going okay. to you should. No, no, we're going to Singapore at, awesome. at night. Okay. And the reason I did uh, pick this deliberately because it has a topical news element. This week, I gave a talk to some secondary students, mm. which I'll get to. But before I went to give the talk, I had my laptop, my iPad, and my phone on my table in a fast food place that I just got into for the free Wi-Fi. Okay. Had a drink yeah. preparing. And I, and I realized that it was a small thing, but I realized that, you know, I, I need it for my job, but I've got almost $4,000 worth of, of technology for gizmos on my table. I don't have to worry about them at all. It's mm. not even something that crosses my mind. I can't do that in New York. I can't mm. do it in London. Right. So I'll fast forward. I give the talk. Now, this is a funny story, but it's very, very relevant. I give the talk and I start talking about safety in Singapore. And I get the usual thing with Singaporean teenagers. I get eye rolls. Mm. I get yawning. Here comes another Angmore to lecture us about we know we're safe. We're over it. We know we're secure. <laughs> we're over it, right? So I tell them this story. First, I tell them I've just come from a Pasiris fast food outlet where... I had $4,000 worth of stuff on the table. I don't have to worry. Now I'm going to tell you about the same fast food outlet in East London. And when I was 17, <laughs> this is a true story, Glenn. When I was 17, a young chap came up to me and two of my friends, and we were tall guys, and said, give me all your money, right? And I look at this guy and I say, no. And he, <laughs> he looks back at me and he says, why? And I say, because you're like knee high to a grasshopper. He, this guy was like a one, one meter tall. I said, you're the smallest mugger I've ever seen in my life. I'm not giving you my money. There's three of us. There's one of you. I'm not giving you my money. He pulls out this weapon and he says, give me your money or I'll stab you. And I look down at him and I say, no, because he said, I've got a knife. And I'm saying, that's not a knife. <laughs> Glenn, it was a nail file. It was a glorified <laughs> nail file off of a Swiss Army knife. And I actually remember saying to the guy, all flippantly, what are you going to do with that? Give me a manicure? <laughs> if I take my shoe off, do I get a pedicure as well? I mean, you, you can't mug anybody with this. <laughs> give, me on, give me all your money or I'll stab you, he repeats. Then he says, give me all your money or they will stab you. And I look over my shoulder and there's 10 of these guys over his shoulder, over mm. my shoulder, that mm. look like they've just finished a game with an NBA team. They're like <laughs> 25 feet tall. There's a dozen of them, you know. And then I realised, Glenn, and I, I subsequently wrote about this in one of my books, what was going on here, the social dynamic was so interesting. I now realise the kid, who was probably like 12, yeah. and I was about 18 at the time, he was some sort of mugging virgin, and he was u breaking his mugging virginity with us. Jeez. And they were critiquing him on his, I'm not making this up, on, this mu on his mugging skills to see if he could make it as a gang member. You know, and I always had this idea that they have a clipboard, you know, and they're marking off his, his mugging prowess, you know, intimidating, no, uh, got a, a decent weapon, no, you know, this kind of thing. So I tell the students this story. And now I've got their attention, obviously, because I'm talking knives and muggings right, and, right. you know, East London heartlands. And the kicker to that story, incidentally, which students refuse to believe in Singapore, but yeah, it's true. Which is? Outside that fast food outlet, 
between this distance and the door, we're talking a distance of three meters from where I was being if, mugged if that, right? yeah. by a dozen guys with not one, two policemen sitting in a police car eating hamburgers. <laughs> right? Brazenly, I'm being mugged in front of two policemen eating hamburgers. This does not happen in Singapore. This never happens in Singapore. And as I left that school talk, it was getting towards dusk and I'm walking away and I'm thinking, geez, I love this country. I, yeah. I love this country. And it's just to bring it back to serendipity and why I picked Singapore at night was by the time I came home, it was night. And then I returned home and I read a story this week released. Singapore is the second safest city in the world. I raised my eyes at that. I think it should be number one. But uh, second, according to the Economist Intelligence Unit, number one, incidentally, is Tokyo. Hmm. And the editor of this year's report, the name is Naka Kondo, which sounds Japanese to me. And I'm, I'm shouting nepotism <laughs> right there. But OK, Tokyo Kondo, one. K-O-N-D-O, yeah, right? K-O-N-D-O, yeah. Kondo. Sounds yeah. Japanese to me. But, <laughs> but uh, this person says that Tokyo is number one. Singapore is number two. In the world, we are the second safest city based upon four indicators, four pillars, mm. digital, infrastructure, health, and personal security. Now, obviously, I'm focusing more on the infrastructure and the personal security. After I finished that lecture, that talk, I walked around. It was getting dark, and it's wonderful. You know this. I know this. The aunties come out. The uncles come out. People go shopping. Kids can run around. Um, you can go anywhere. You can go to the, the back streets of Ballastir. You mm. can go to the heartlands of Topayo. You yeah. can go to the, to the farms of Lim Chu Kang. You, you can go to the, the glitz and glamour of Marina Bay. You know, you can literally go anywhere with your child, with your grandparents, day or night. You can sit at a coffee shop at 2 a.m. You can walk your dog at 4 in the morning. Yeah. And, and, and I think by the time I'd finished with those, the students, they got my message that Singapore by night... Uh, by day two, I mean, but by night in particular, is a truly beautiful place. Mm. It really is because you can go anywhere, you can do anything legally. We don't we don't advocate anything le- illegal on this show with anyone of any age and never feel threatened, never feel like you're going to get mugged by a 12-year-old dwarf with a nail file. <laughs> it does happen. Maybe I'm just unlucky. But I, I never take that for granted. And I, 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 I don't think you can emphasize that enough, that Singapore by night, any time of the, you know, any time of the night, any place in Singapore, it's just a wonderfully safe, beautiful place to be, don't you think? It's amazing. You know, obviously, we've been here 15 years. We love it for, especially for that reason. I tell you, the one downside for our children is that whenever we travel anywhere, oh, yes. I know we have to completely sit down and have a conversation with them about, okay, you know, the phrase my wife uses is we're in travel mode now, which exactly. means, you know, watch your back. And she lived in East Oakland back in the 70s, so wow. she knows about watching her back, right? Um, and and so it's, unfortunately, our kids are growing up in this uh, kind of, in this bubble uh, of safety. But having said that, we're so glad to be here and we're glad that they are, you know, safe every day. You know, my friends in the in the U.S., for example, it's not necessarily about mugging, but, you know, they their kids all have to know what the term shelter in place means, right? right? Because of all the school shootings. Yes. And, this, and they practice it. And kids literally know what to do or at least are told what to do when somebody breaks in the school and starts shooting an AK-47 at them. And, like, that's not the kind of world I want my kids growing up no. in. Not the kind of world I grew up in. So, and, um, I, and I went to schools this week. I went to three, four schools this week. And everywhere I go, hi, sir. Morning, sir. Hi, mm. sir. Morning, sir. The respect 
the the honor to use mm. that word that they give you not they didn't know who I was by the way I right. was just a stranger a stranger on their premises but instinctively hello sir good morning sir yeah. I think it's absolutely wonderful you're you're so right about the travel mode I've written about this I make jokes you can sometimes spot Singaporeans a mile away uh. because they're the ones with the purse out like is it do I need a fifty dollar for this do I need a hundred dollar for this why don't you just shout mug me mug me now just it, hold the money up yeah, just give the money away in Manhattan or London or Paris. You know, and I always get these horror stories from friends like the Mar- the Paris Metro is the worst. I was mugged on that Paris Metro. I, no, I had my purse stolen, and I say to them, "I've been to the Paris Metro dozens of times. Mm. I have never been mugged. Put your purse away. <laughs> I mean, don't leave it out. Don't leave a thousand dollar phone yeah. waving in the air. Put it away. Know where in- you're going before you leave the house, so you don't have to stand around with a map unfolded and look like a tourist and all. But you're so right, Glenn, about the um, the security bubble part because it sounds cruel. But I, I grew up in a in a rough working class uh, neighborhood as everybody knows so I'm consciously almost like throwing my daughter like a lamb to the slaughter (laughs) and it's not her fault but literally I will throw her onto a train in Queens in New York and say this is the real world but there's Homeless people sleeping on the on the on the, yeah. on the seats. You know, yeah. there's people swigging whiskey at eight yeah. in the morning, yeah. and and it's hard for her. And I'm sometimes thinking, should I expose her to this or should I not expose her to mm. this? It's a juggling. It's a constant yeah. juggling act, yeah. isn't it? it but sure I do is. think we have to a be aware mm. of the wider world, but more importantly, cherish. Mm this beautiful place that we have here. Well, and, and, and we do need to say, look, you know, low crime doesn't mean no crime. Oh, yes, quite You, know, you can get pickpocketed in Chinatown during the, you know, I the lunar been. season, the festive I season. I have been in Singapore. See? It, see? So we no, have to be careful yes, as well. I'm going to contradict everything, listeners. <laughs> when I was 22, I was in Topo Library, my local library. I went there every day and I put my wallet in my bag, uh, didn't bother with a locker because mm, I was a cheapskate. Mm. And I left my bag open, and the wallet was on the edge of the yeah, bag. Yeah. And I left it, not even where I was sitting. It was 20 meters away yeah. by the lockers. And I came back, and two hours later, <laughs> and it was gone. And I went to the, the – I'll never forget this. I went to the staff at the Topo Library, indignant with rage. Someone has stolen my wallet. Well, you leave it in your bag. How long? Two hours. <laughs> What do you think? What, what did you think was going to happen, you idiot? You know? so, it was yes. the proper response. No crime doesn't mean no crime. There we go. All right, Neil, thank you so much for our Beautiful Places segment today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.